0: subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
1: Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com/governance. IBM. Let's create
2: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes
3: everything.
1: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast
3: Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins, and thank you for joining us on another week of discussing fun things in and around independent music, whether it's people who've played in in bands, whether it's people who've put together zines, which is actually, frankly, something I haven't really spoken to, because now there's this really cool culture of zines that look professional, a.k.a. books. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, you know I should do that. So uh, great great idea, Ray. Anyways, yeah, people who have been connected to independent music love it, breathe it, and, um, yeah, believe in all the ethos and everything else that exists out of this beautiful independent music scene, whether it's punk, hardcore, indie rock, whatever you want to call it. We welcome it here. And we are welcoming a guest that is uh, maybe in a band that you don't know of now, but it just just wait. Just wait for, like, a year, and then you're going to be like... Oh, man, I remember when Ray had that guest on the show and he introduced me to like one of my new favorite bands because that's uh, that's exactly what I'm doing here. And my guest is Casey Allward, which I'm probably mispronouncing his last name because that's what I do for most of our guests, because why would I verify that with them? Uh, Casey Allward, he plays in a band called Astronoid and Astronoid is holy shit. Unbelievable. Like you have to listen to this record immediately, like press pause listen to the record, then come back and listen to this interview. I'll, well, I was going to say I'll wait, but you can obviously do that on your own. But the record is unbelievable. It's a record called Air, and uh, I just uh, I can't even believe how how good it is. So you need to listen to that record, and then you're gonna you're you're just you're gonna love you for that. So uh, yeah, he plays in that band. He also plays in a band called uh, that that Viscar, which is on Century Media Records, and um, yeah, he's a busy dude. And I actually know him because he was a listener to the show and emailed with me. Back in the day. I just didn't know he played in this band. So it was funny because I fell in love with this band's record, Astronoid, emailed, and then he hits me back being like, hey, Ray, we've talked before. It's like, ho, oh, yes, I love the full circle-ness of this small, rad music scene we live in. So... Anyways, that's that. Let's, uh, let's talk some personal stuff, right? Because that's, uh, that's what I like to do at the top of this show. And, uh, yeah, I went to a sh- my first show of 2017 last week. <laughs> and like I said, it felt kind of weird to be almost two months into a, uh, a new year. And I hadn't been to a show like, you know, there have been shows that I was interested in going to, but, uh, you know, frankly, my personal circumstances prevented me from doing that because yeah, at the end of the day, uh, I have stuff that's way more important to worry about, AKA my wife, <laughs> So, uh, but it felt good. It felt good to you know mix it up with friends and see uh, you know other people that weren't my friends enjoying a band. Um, I just loved it. So shout out to the Moose Blood guys. I love to uh, hang out with them and I love to watch just frankly their popularity grow. It's such an inspiring thing to be with a band when they first start to do things and then they you know get signed to a record label and then they do this and they do that and um, yeah, I've been able to witness the fun stuff that. They have been up to ever since. Uh, well, not the beginning, beginning because uh, I wasn't there on the ground level, but relatively soon after that. So, anyways, that's that. Uh, what else is there? Oh yeah, I mean, Oscars. Should we talk about that? Just because uh, that's uh, fresh on my mind. It 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 goes to show the power of shared events. You know, it's it's one of those things where uh, I always in the past prided myself on the fact that you know there were certain. Pop cultural things that I was just uh, you know completely unaware of. Whether it was like, oh, I don't care about this, I don't care about that. Like, I think you go through that age when you're a teenager, just like whatever. I'm, I'm zigging when everyone else is zagging, and um, you know that's fine. And you know, frankly, there are so many uh, areas in my life which I do not adhere to the, the mainstream culture. But uh, the the you know the communal experience of not only watching something together with other people but that everybody kind of collectively experiencing it at the same time is uh is pretty awesome and the the shock and awe of the fact that uh, they announced the wrong uh, best picture winner at the Oscars was just like whoa oh my gosh like that uh, that happened that's like the worst case scenario and you think that uh someone would have or could have prevented that but uh yeah it still happens and to me that also goes to show Something the artifice of everything where it's like, you know, you feel like people have stuff under control, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, like that's there's there's no way that uh, something like that would ever happen at something like the Oscars. Uh, But it did. And it does. It just goes to show none of us have any idea what we're doing. (laughs) That's probably the greatest factor in every thing that we do professionally personally is that we're all uh, we're all figuring this out together and yeah we may have more knowledge because uh, we're older we've experienced more things but uh you know we're still stabbing in the dark a lot of the time so hopefully uh that uh, makes you feel a little less uh clueless because i know many of you uh wander around being like oh man i got no idea what i'm doing i fake like i know what i'm doing and uh don't worry that's what everybody does i'm whispering to you that that's the secret everybody has no idea what they're doing <laughs> Anyways, uh, like I said, I wanted to bring Casey on the show just because uh, his band's record was unbelievable and you should be listening to it. So find it on any digital streaming provider of your choice and consume the record and just be blown away. It's like the, you know, mixture of like, it's like Between the Buried and Me, Muse. It's like proggy yet, uh, you know, metallic yet atmospheric. It's just like everything you could possibly want in music. Um, it definitely is an overwhelming experience. So if you're like looking to like kick back, um, don't. This is the record that really engages you so anyways that's uh that's that and here's the discussion with casey and uh, i will talk to you obviously after the episode is over and i said obviously oh my gosh people grill me for that people hate it when i say obviously so uh i'm gonna i, I do my best to not say that so i will talk to you after the show's over <laughs> Um, you know, similar to what we were kind of just talking about off the air in regards to, uh, you know, you, you don't people in our community are so active in so many different things that sometimes you don't know that, you know, everybody is, you know, playing in 700,000 bands. And like, it's
2: so, yeah, it's so true these days.
3: <laughs> and so, like, it was, uh, you know, like I mentioned, when I uh, I got keyed into the astronaut. I, please pronounce it appropriately for me Asteroid is that it? yeah it's
2: it's asteroid. it's exactly how it sounds it looks weird when you look at it because it's so easy to gloss over and be like oh you guys are asteroid <laughs> um but no it's it's definitely the way it looks it's asteroid.
3: cool so i got keyed to that record i think it was by uh a friend of mine that lives in uh, the new york area uh he's a promoter and it's just one of those things he just you know like on a whim was like posting about records that he enjoyed over the year and it, you know typically speaking when you see people's year-end lists you're like like oh yeah I've, you know i've heard like 98 of those records and that one i was like huh i haven't heard that one dove in and like within two minutes i was just like why do i why have i not heard this band before why do i not know anybody involved in it i was just like i felt i felt like i was like i gotta get to the bottom of this immediately like i'm Sherlock holmes or something like that
2: yeah it's so funny you say that too because you are 100 percent not alone in that um it kind of that that we've gotten that story so many times it's like oh i saw this and then i listened to it right away and it's just like it's the amount of times people have told us that so far is like it's mind-blowing it's crazy and it's um yeah so i'm glad glad that someone you you know i applaud you aside from it being a band that i'm in i applaud you for taking a chance on something that you have never listened to because i feel like that is so hard to get people to do nowadays
3: It honestly, it's a very good point. I mean, as you get older, within the context of independent music and all the kid shit that we care about, it's hard to motivate you to yeah to like check out anything because you you know you get not stuck in your ways, but you get. Uh, you, you get keyed into certain lanes where you're just like oh yeah of course i'm going to listen to this new you know converge record because it's well, it's converge because course. it's converge yes yeah, of course of course but then it's like you know it, a, a band that is you know whatever uh converge junior like you just w- you know maybe wouldn't pop on your radar and then you'd be like oh yeah well I'll just listen to the original or whatever
2: yeah but, there, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of that but also like maybe converge junior does a record where they take a complete left step and now they're like this awesome band you know um, which I mean, I think, I think, uh, it's definitely possible these days. And I'm, and again, I'm the same way. It's like people seem to be most affected by, you know, stuff that they were really struck by from, you know, let's say 13 to 20. And then outside of your wheelhouse, you know, I feel like after 2022, 20, 23, it became, I noticed that I was like, Wow when's the last time I, I, I like new music from bands you like is, is one thing, but a new band like came out today, you know, what's the chances that you pull the trigger on um, a group like that. And it's, it sometimes I have to stop myself and force myself to be like, you know what? I'm listening to something new today.
3: Right. No, it's a very good point because I do think you, and then because, uh, you know, it's something I've spoke about on the show before, but I, I love the context of uh, when you're younger and getting into music, it's, uh, you're listening to music, you know, unfettered, like you're not thinking about it in the spirit of the same way that we do where it's like, oh, this is connected to the scene or this is connected to this person who I didn't like their past bands or whatever. You're just listening to because you're like, yo, this is sick. Like,
2: <laughs> Yeah, this, th- th- this made my hair stand up or, or raised or, or gave me that jolt yeah exactly yeah and uh, honestly i know like a lot of that comes from experience and the more you listen and as you, as you grow up you learn more and maybe you know more about music maybe you know about a little bit more about what's behind the, the curtains or you're in a band yourself and then you start and it's like the the more you know the smaller the circle gets and 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 every once in a while when something comes and just excites you like that that's like that's like the I, i'm chasing that feeling these days you know
3: Yeah. Oh no, I agree wholeheartedly, Um, and I do like your your point, which was actually what I was leading up to in my sort of you know random preamble uh, where. The records that like just kind of you know come out of the sky and like land on you, and you're just like, i oh my gosh, and so I'm glad that I'm not alone in that um you know the sort of visceralness of the record uh so basically, like you said, a lot of people well i mean not maybe not a lot of people, but the people that have been affected by your band initially uh have kind of reached out with that same sort of sentiment,
2: yeah, I Absolutely, and people haven't been shy about reaching out to us, which is funny because, you know, we've all been in many bands, um, but for this one, it, it really seems like everyone who was affected by the record was so excited about it that they felt compelled to reach out Um and that, that's just kind of been a trip for all of us because it's like you don't get you know i mean we 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 read everything obviously and we're very respectful of anyone that wants to take the time a to even you know be on be have us be on their radar but then again to reach out to us um and you don't get numb to it but it's just like wow you're just like this is this is kind of gnarly and it's great though it's great i love it
3: yeah absolutely um, it, is it interesting for you too? Just because you know, since you do play in, in other bands, and I mean, would would you consider? Uh, and this is uh, again in me probably butchering the pronunciation because I've never said your other band's name out loud. Or, <laughs> Va- Vatnet Viscar is that correct? Actually,
2: Ray, you know what a funny thing is? Is that you just one hundred percent nailed it? But I gotta tell you, <laughs> I have to tell you. Um, this year we dropped the Viscar and we're just going by Vatnet. And I tell this funny story about how when you're on tour and you know five guys dressed in complete black you know in skinny jeans walks into a Starbucks and you know we have this weird name at least it's like double V but you know they're like oh what band are you guys in and we're always like you know, Vatnet Viscar and then inevitably we have to say it a second time. So by the end of a tour or by like a long cycle, I just ask for a pen and paper and I just write it down for him. So <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but yeah, big- no, you're right. You're right. That is the pronunciation. That's well, good. I'm
3: glad I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the king of, uh, pronunci- uh pronouncing bands in a appropriate way, but then people's last names, I just like completely walk all over. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I, I definitely will uh, clarify your last name a little bit later on, but. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: You're going to have, you. That's another thing I've dealt with my whole life. It's so simple, but we were even talking about it. I was talking about it with my uncle the other day. The way it's spelled, I, w- I don't know. I don't know who chose the name. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why they spelled it that way, but... That's that's what's up.
3: Yeah. The um, so, you know, since since people can have multiple entry points to, you know, you uh, is, is it interesting to for you to see the kind of inflection points where people, you know, jump in where they're like, OK, I really like, you know, I really like Vatnet, but I hate asteroid or vice versa. Or, you know, people that hate both would probably not reach out to you. But um, is it interesting to kind of see the different reactions over time to different music projects?
2: well yes and i think i mean there's a couple of points we could hit on there is that you know brett and i have been or uh, is the singer and um you know other guitarist and main songwriter and asteroid have been in bands since we were 12 dan has been in other bands of ours since we were in college so you know we've all been doing the thing and then you know i joined vatnet who obviously um you know brett's filled in and brett recorded their first record and um it's kind of this kind of circle thing but then you know we have all these projects at the end of the day and then to see people just react to asteroid in such a uh, in a different way you know it was it's we're like sitting it's like you never you can be a musician or be in a band for I don't know 10 20 years however long and it's just like you never know what's gonna grasp people you never know what's gonna you know land at the right time which has been I would say the most interesting thing in terms of crossover, um, I would say that any crossover between like a Vatnet or an Asteroid or, or any other bands that we're in, um, it's been mostly positive because I don't think that people, have, honestly, I don't think the people that um, like one band and don't like the other have gone out of the way to, you know, inject any of that commentary or negativity in yet. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not ruling it out and that's okay with us. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all been positive. Um, I think having um, uh, members of both bands kind of closely related in one way or another, whether it be actually being in the bands or working you know behind the scenes has helped so it, generally speaking if um, if if someone who knows us or is a fan of one of our projects knows the other people, they're more apt to check it out and it, and it, and it makes sense if you know if you are familiar with either of the bands, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, that, no, that's true. That's a good point where, you know, the incestuous nature of, you know, certain music scenes, just because, you know, you get along with certain people, but, you know, maybe, maybe you want to create a different, you know, sonic palette or whatever. Um, So yeah, the jumping off points are much easier, but to be honest, it, it, that I find it happening, and maybe just because I'm not, you know, paying as close of attention to the uh, minutiae of, you know, people in certain bands, you know, playing in other musical projects, but I find it happening, um, you know, kind of less, especially just because, you know, geographic natures aren't as uh, prevalent where, you know, you can play in a band with a person in California and that's totally fine because of the wonders of the internet. Oh, uh, right, right. But like, you know, in, in the, in similar fashions to where it was, uh, you, you would check out, you know, a band because of the pedigree of their, their past members or the, you know, the, the, what the members are currently doing as a side project, people would just like pay attention to, but like, obviously with Asteroid, you guys, I mean, there was no, uh, there's no marketing in regards to the fact that, you know, you play in other bands. This essentially exists on its own, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess to go back to the other point, yeah, the only, the only way that someone would know is if they already know the band, you know? And, um, I don't think that we even talked about that up front because honestly, all our other bands, I think, um, I mean, we come obviously we approach it with the same spirit, with the same dudes, so that's never going to change. But I think that, as you had said before, you know, whether you want to create another sonic palette or whether you want a fresh start with kind of, you know, maybe a new aesthetic or um, anything like that, I think that you know it's important that we're all going to make music for a long time. We all have so many interests, and it's important not to say, you know, neither the Twain should any of the projects meet, but it's just it's important that they all have their own identity and they all serve their own purpose. So
3: yeah that makes it makes total sense so you uh you yourself you were uh, were you born and raised in the east coast or where'd you come up oh yeah
2: uh grove massachusetts nice. for uh, a long time strong and brett same he was uh we was born in lynn and then we lived 1.5 miles from each other for about 20 years so very uh very same small town
3: yeah, childhood friends and still you still care about each other. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's funny.
2: Uh we've had to tell the story a little bit um recently, but we actually started as you do when you're little kids as arch enemies. Um you know, we were in the same elementary school. I'm trying to remember the exact dates, but I think in, in you know in 3rd grade we really hated each other. Um and then in 4th grade we had a mutual best friend who you know was a drummer and Brett was a drummer and I was playing guitar and Brett was trying to learn guitar. And then I think it was in, we started hanging out a little bit. And then in fifth grade, really brought together by this, uh, I'll call in quotes, a talent show that we had. And um, I I think we we must have covered, we cut maybe a Blink 182 song or a Green Day song, and Brett played drums for it. And then we realized that we had more in common and, you know, musically on the same page. So pretty much ever since then, we've been in and out of bands and in projects for a long time.
3: Right. (laughs) well that's cool too so was uh, was bass your first instrument or did you was was there other things that you started off with
2: no guitar first and foremost um the only time i ever picked up a bass if i'm being completely honest was when um about two and a half years ago when the guys from vatnet um were down a bassist and asked me if they, they had just got a Paul tour So they were like, Hey, you want to play bass? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. Cause I want to quit my job and I've always wanted to do music. So I'm going to do this now. Um, but that's literally the only time I've played bass.
3: Nice. Yeah. Well, and, and, and to be fair, that's usually how people start off with like the idea that like, Oh yeah. Like, I, you know, yeah, once I know how to play guitar, like, I can easily eliminate two strings and be able to figure,
2: figure it out. <laughs> I mean, I, okay, like, you're not wrong at all, <laughs> but I have to say, I just, I know so many incredible bassists that it would be selling them so short. But yes, basically, for me in that specific situation, 100%. I'm like, yeah, I'll buy a bass amp. I'll buy a bass, and then we're good, you know? <laughs> get, get rid of two strings. How hard could this be?
3: So, I, I, you know, and you are very correct. There are people, like, it's so funny because you, you know, in bands, you know, you like you'll know the difference between a you know good bass player and just like a suitable bass player like right
2: and and you know right away too. (laughs) and you don't even have to be a bassist as as long as you're a somewhat decent musician you have you know you have a a, a built-in time or um you know good sense of rhythm the minute you see a bassist you know (laughs) like right away and that's not a knock on bassists you know
3: Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's (laughs) I don't know why this analogy came to my head, but it's just like it's like a pornography. It's like, you know, (laughs) you you know what pornography is when you see it as opposed to a basis where you're just like, oh, yeah, that guy can't hack it. And it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That that guy can more than hack it. (laughs) Right. Right.
4: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're sitting here. It's like June. And you're like, where has the time gone? And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, I have no idea. I got to like accomplish all these other things. Take a moment. Focus on the things that obviously, for one, matter to you, but for two, look back. Be like, what have I done well? What have I done not so well? And maybe I can, you know, ask some friends and family for some help. But where I have always gone to in regards to figuring out what I can do better, therapy. Therapy is an incredible tool at your arsenal that you can dip into. I've done it for my marriage. I've done it for myself personally, and I'm a huge advocate for what therapy can do for you because it is a third party that's able to look at what you can do to improve your life and be a person to help you along in your journey. And so I think if you were thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and entirely suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with licensed therapist, and then boom, you're done. It's great. And then if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch it at no additional cost. So take a moment, reflect on the things you've done, reflect on the things you want to do, and visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, dot com slash Ray.
1: at PurdueGlobal. and
3: so your uh, what what your initial musical exposure? You know, where did that come into play? Because I mean, it's this is something I was going to or hit on later on. But the um, you know anybody that listens to you know you, the Asteroid record can be like, hey, there's like four hundred seventy five thousand influences on this. Like, you yeah, know. M-
2: maybe five hundred thousand, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> totally. Um, well, it's actually interesting because. Brett and I, we've just been, we've kind of been laughing about this because one thing, well, one of the biggest things we've run into asteroid is like, people really don't know what to make of us. And it's like, it's like, I mean, it's like, it's like meeting someone you think you like, but you just don't trust them because they're too nice. You know, like you don't really know what to make of them, like seeing size up wise, but um, you know, bringing it back to the beginning, we've been laughing because honestly, my, my, uh, intro into music was, was, was punk all the way, hundred percent, um, I had fortunate to have an older brother who, you know, six years older than me who got to high school a little earlier. And, you know, I don't know if his friends showed him or one way or another, you know, uh, offspring and, and no effects and bad religion and lag wagon and, and green day comes in. So, um, without having to necessarily discover all that stuff on my own, um, you know, we, I was, I was right into that stuff at a super early age. Um, and, where the more, I mean, I, I don't know where the more pop stuff came in, but I remember um, exactly where metal came in. Obviously, I like bands like, you know, Metallica or uh, anything like that, but I remember Brett had bought Ride the Lightning and uh, he went to a record shop in Newburyport, Massachusetts, back in the day where you. Really relied on the cool guy or girl behind the counter to curate something to you. You know, you bring things up to the counter, and they'd be like, "Well, if you like this, you should check out you know X, Y, and Z." Uh, in this particular instance, um, I think Brett got talking to him about maybe uh, Metallica or Slayer, and he's like, "Well, if you like this," and boom, he dropped something on the counter that completely changed our lives, and it was uh, "Slaughter of the Soul" by At the Gates. Oh, yeah. So, so, and I know that a million people have. Um, that particular story with that record. But, you know, going from No Effects to At The Gates, I think, is a is a good segue. I think that it makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, as you delve into both of those kind of realms, you find on the punker side of things, you might find, like, some of my personal or our personal favorites, like uh, Saves a Day or An Alkaline Trio or, like, A Lifetime. We get aggressive but poppy but, like, song structures that are there. And then you know, on the the metal side of things, you know, from at the gates, you can find like an in flames and then you might find an emperor and then you might find, you know, like a cradle of filth or, or, you know, even, I don't know, like just in the scene we grew up in, then there was like every time I die in between, I mean, you, the list goes on and on. Yeah. So you can see how, you know, off one or two bands of like, let's say a certain genre, the, ama- you can start to see the picture of just the amalgam coming together of how you could draw so many influences. For me though, personally, I remember when I was um, I must have been 12 or 13 and I went to um, like a sleepover guitar camp because you know my mom had four kids so she's like you're not staying home all fucking summer you're not you're gonna do something <laughs> so I was like okay that's fine this looks cool and she was like she's like you should do this and I was like well I have to sleep there are you kidding me like what's I mean I was that was like blowing my mind but I finally went yeah, I must have been 12 or 13, so it's the, su- maybe the summer of 2003, sometime in 2003, and, uh, there are these two, like, awesome, uh, uh, Jewish boys from New York that were like instructors there and you could tell they were the only cool people there in my eyes and their names were Ben and Tony and I remember they were just like the coolest dudes and they used to throw shows at night and they were like a drum and bass band and their name was Archaeopteryx which is like the coolest thing <laughs> and they, they kind of sounded like a grindcore death from above 1979 and I was like my mind was blown so I straight up punished these kids for a week, and I was like, you guys got to give me music to listen to, blah, 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 because I was like, well, this is, for some reason my young mind understood that this is a great way to expand my palate because, I mean, I just saw the opportunity in front of me, and I remember they gave me a handful of bands um, to go check out when I got home. Um, I'm trying to remember, the Lesavi Flav, Hot Snakes, couple of them but the one that they they told me that obviously was the one for me was they were like you got to check out this band the Mars Volta so there I am I'm 12 or 13 I go home for the summer and I remember I had I don't remember if my mom or dad picked me up, but I had him stop at a record store and I bought De Laus in the Convertorium and if you can just imagine like a 13 year old me just listening to that record because everyone had their disc man so I had my disc man in and I had my headphones in and I must have I must have worn that CD out that week you know yeah. and and you know combining all of those things into one I think is a is a great representation of you know where you could get something as bizarre as any of the bands we're in because it's just a, a mishmash of everything you know we try not to be too obvious with anything and I don't think we are but um yeah, I mean, you can just see, and all the guys are like that. We're all into, like, so many different kinds of things, so to yeah. know us is to kind of understand that.
3: Right, right. No, I mean, that's very, uh, it's cool because I, I like the unapologetic nature of, in, in you know, not just, not only not just sticking to one style of music, but then, you know, wearing it on your sleeves and, you know, not, I mean, some people... Not not maybe from a like a, a creative or, or musical creation standpoint, but you know, your average music listener Uh, feels like they reach certain points in their life where they need to listen to, you know, different styles of music, whether that be like more mature or whatever, you know, where it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm 20 now. I can't continue to listen to, you know, brand new and alkaline tree or whatever. Like,
2: (laughs) which is bullshit because I will be listening to both those bands until I die. Right.
3: No. And and, and it's funny because I, I think that, you know, generationally speaking, I think that a lot of us that are, you know, around whatever, between the ages of, like, 28 and, you know, like, 37, 38 years old, like, that's kind of the the way that we listen to music, you know, we didn't view it through one prism, and that was the only thing, it was just like, oh, yeah, like, I want to uncover this other rock and see all these other different, you know, like you mentioned before, where it's just like you you get your gateway band and then all of a sudden you get your, your second, third level, not like quality wise, but just like deeper research you have to put into it. Um, but I mean, to be honest, to actually take the ambition to put your stuff in a musical blender, like that's, I mean, that's not easy. Like that, no, know.
2: for sure. And Ray, isn't it interesting the restrictions we impose on ourselves in terms of, you know, what we ought to like versus what we, we like or what we want to listen to or when we should be listening to something? And I find that, like, in your early years, you'll listen to whatever you want. And then your 20s hits, like 18 to, I mean, I'm 27 right now, so I can't speak for anything older than that. But, you know, you I do find a lot of people that are rigid and, like, oh, I should be listening to this now. Or, like, I've never listened to Bob Dylan. I should go check out that. Or, like, I mean, I don't know what it's like going forward but I just imagine like once you break free of that and you just listen to anything because so much is available now. I mean, that's, I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice place to reside. And I think, um, you know, Brett said it best when, when he would say like, Oh, where'd you guys get the sound from? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like literally write what you want to hear. And this time it just worked. It just happened to work out. You know, we wrote the record that we would have wanted to go by and listen to. Um, and ho- apparently, hopefully, uh, a lot of people agree with that. And that's, that's really cool.
1: At PurdueGlobal.edu.
2: Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
1: My name is Melanie Studley, and seven years ago, I wanted to divorce my husband Seth, who happens to be a therapist. However, we did not get a divorce. Instead, we documented the process of repairing our nearly failed marriage.
3: Part of the power is it's so unspoken. Like, you're such a jerk about it. I would rather be divorced than fight like this all the time.
1: So join us as we interview couples, therapists, doctors, and more on the all-new Stronger Marriages podcast. Subscribe on iTunes or visit StrongerMarriages.com forward slash podcast.
3: To me as well, I mean, like, listening listening to the, uh, you know, the air record, it's uh, like... you, you don't pull any punches with it in the sense of like, it is a, uh, absolutely overwhelming experience. Like, you know, there's nothing like if someone's looking for sort of subtlety, um, and I don't mean this in a disparaging way, but it's like, if someone's looking for subtlety, um, you know, they're not going to get that upon the initial listen of the record because, <laughs> because, because it is frankly, like, it's so kind of, you know, all out. And I don't mean, like I said, I don't mean that in a disparaging way. Um, and it seems so uh i guess thought out so it seems to me that like all of this stuff was kind of kicking around in your head for a very long time but you were only able to manifest it at this particular point in your life or was it like did those songs come together like relatively naturally or is it like yo we gotta this is through you know fire and flames that we gotta get these songs out of us
2: honestly it's funny that you say that it's kind of a combination of all of it to be honest um it was the record took a really long time, which is I think one thing that a lot of people don't know. I mean, this record I could trace songs and demos back to early early 2013, um, and we had this big Dropbox. I mean, we started writing, probably yeah, probably early 2013, and Brett brought a, a batch of songs. Um, the group and others. Others we were. We had this practice space that we would just jam out in a completely different iteration of the band. And um, you know, we jam them out. We had this handful of songs. We're like, oh, this is really nice. We should probably start thinking about a record. Um, and then during that process, Brett. I, I'm, I'm almost certain Tinfoil Hats is probably the first song that we're like, okay, this is a good song to base the rest of the record off of. I think that we've, we've hit one that we really like, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we should build off this. And we did for a while. And then Brett, out of nowhere one night, he, he, he texts me or calls me or he sends me this, this song, and it ends up being Up and Adam, which is the second track on, uh, on air. And um, he, he literally started it at like 12 midnight and finished it at like 4 and from that moment on you know we had this drop box of like 30 songs or demos of things that we were working on and like overnight Brett just like had this vision summoned into him so we had worked on the record for a long time and then in a, in a night it changed and um, the rest of the songs based loosely off um, off that one which is cool because it's hard to talk about the record objectively now because I've heard it in every iteration there's been demos there's been you know there's at least six or seven songs that didn't make the record in, in older versions of songs that like, I remember resin. It's probably my least favorite song. And I was like, Brett was like, I'm just trying to figure out this middle part and we'd work on it. Um, and And that we big you know what, put it down, you come back to it a few months later, and then it just like plowed through and at first, I was like, man, I'm not feeling that song. I don't think it goes anywhere. It's probably my favorite song on the record now, so it's like very hard to be objective about it, but it's kind of like the fire in the flames. It's kind of like we had to get it out of us, but it's kind of like we toiled over it for a very long time. and actually, If I'm being honest, if Dan didn't make Brett stop mixing this record and put a master on it, that motherfucker would still be mixing it right now.
3: Guarantee you got it got it yeah I because I just love I, I really really like you know the, there's two ways that usually you know debut LPs go where it's like one you listen to it and you're like oh wow like this is you know this is really good I kind of get where the band is like going like maybe they're not like you know musically chopped yet or like there's something charming about the way that they play it Yeah. or there's the you know the complete opposite which is you know what I would classify your record under where it's just like yo like they, this is thought out like this is very deliberate like there's no sort of accidental like you know making this sound not only as good as it does but then uh, obviously all the players involved and so i don't i just i uh yeah we, i i think those are the two visceral reactions that i have like you know because the records that kind of just like sit in the middle are the ones that i'm like oh they're cool but like yeah you don't have that sort of lasting impression on you know
2: yeah i mean that's very nice of you to say that's very kind i would say that the the, the record itself is is very thought out but i think a lot of things like kind of fell into place at the right time like um, you mentioned um, like it came out and it really worked for the time and you know one thing I've been talking to the guys about that's I mean, it's, it's not really a question you can ask yourself because it's just based on complete chance, but you know, would this record have worked a year ago? Would it have worked two years ago? Would it work next year? And that's something that, I mean, you don't really love to think about that kind of stuff because it doesn't matter at all, but it's like, you do kind of wonder and like maybe writing for three years and then recording the album literally twice and being like the second time, maybe taking the time and maybe all of that just kind of worked into our favor. And like, even down to the artwork where we were like, Oh man, what are we going to call this? And you know, I gave Brad a couple of ideas and I'm like, ah, oh, it doesn't really fit. And then Dan looked up one day and there was a painting sitting like in his room that his mom had painted that he'd been, you know, living next to for over 10 years. And he's like, well, what about this? You know? So even down to the artwork, everything just kind of really slid into place for it. And it's just like, you kind of just hands off and, and you know, obviously you know, you've released records the minute you release a record. It's not yours anymore. And that's sometimes that's hard to also um, wrap your mind around as well. But
3: yeah, absolutely, yeah, because you're just like, well, that's uh, that, that's not mine anymore. Even though <laughs> yeah. I, even though I, I spent so much time and effort and sweat and blood and tears and thoughts and yeah, then yeah,
2: e- even though I literally poured my whole life into it, here comes some twerp on YouTube to tell me how my life is. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Way, way to go, dumb dumb, terrible. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wh- where's all the sweet picking? <laughs> Oh yeah. This <laughs> isn't me- this isn't metal. You're singing, but there's blast beats. Blast beats doesn't mean metal. Oh my god, everything. But I mean, I will say resoundingly everything's been positive. That was just like everything everyone's been so positive. In fact, there's like if you look at YouTube comments there's people like defending like well, like, you know, pop music doesn't usually have five, four time signatures. So it's like, <laughs> I, you know, you just, you can't even get involved in it because it's not yours anymore. And, you know, you're going to step back from it, but it's funny. It's, it's funny.
3: <laughs> totally, totally. It's like the, the Pandorification of, of music dialogue where it's just like people are breaking it down in actual music theory terms. And oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's it.
2: <laughs> you know, and one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately, and I don't know if you've had this same thought too, but, you know, liking the styles of music, I'll say broadly, the styles of music that we do, how we grew up, you know the bands we're into, the things that we're into in life, and of course this this surging presence of the internet and social media, and you know people getting down on society. Oh, everyone has a short attention span. No one really, um, no one really appreciates anything anymore. Everything has to be instant. One thing I've been thinking through all this is that I think people need to slow down a little bit, and I think they really need to begin to make a distinction between what they don't like. Something they don't like, and something that's not good, and just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not good, right? You know what I mean? And I see, I, I, I just like, not that, not that, uh, that, I'm not applying this necessarily to Asteroid but I think art in general, you know. I th- no one thinks about "Oh, these guys spent x amount of years or or this mixing engineer you know that 's never thought of it's always like it's always you know whatever cursory observation they have about the band, they listen to thirty seconds of a song and then their opinions form so I think that people need to start to take some time to realize that just because they don't like it doesn't mean it isn't good
3: true or it's not for you like you you and 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 it's okay it's
2: okay for things not to be for you i i I always joke about this with the guys and other guys in my bands it's like if you if you've done enough touring if you've done enough bands if you've written enough songs you understand that i am not going to take this personally because it's not for you whereas someone who's a little more green might be very sensitive to that kind of thing and i i completely get that But yeah, just because it's not for someone doesn't mean that, you know, you need to quit and go get a day job because... You know this didn't work out the way you wanted it to
3: <laughs> yeah no absolutely um and kind of on that point like you know when you were uh you know bit by the musical bug and like you said you know performing with your friend and you know doing different you know millions of different iterations of bands and musical projects and stuff like that um was there uh was there a focus primarily on that or was there other things in your head that you were like oh yeah like this is what i can do for a job but i'm always going to play music but this is what i can do for a job
2: um <sighs> my family my girlfriend would be really upset to because i have this like steadfast belief but there has never been a time in my life where i didn't think i was going to do music ever um, in fact so much where like you know through my 20s or whatever i would have or my 20s i'm still in my 20s but early 20s you know i would i get a job because you know you're 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 in a band you realize that okay you need some sort of income obviously but then they hit a point where it's just like i'm not giving myself a plan b and it's horrendous and it's completely it's a selfish way to look at things and you know i think that's kind of the mentality you have to go in with if you don't give yourself a plan b then only this can work so short-sighted but you know what sometimes you gotta go that way and i think from a young age there was always things I was interested in, but nothing like this, nothing ever gripped me like music, like listening to music, like playing guitar, like getting together with friends and, you know, creating something, nothing.
3: Got it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's uh, a lot of people, you know, live by that principle of just like, well, I I can't give myself a plan B because if that plan B exists, I'm not going to pursue my plan a as heartily as I would have liked to in the first place.
2: Or you might not, you might not take the risk that you you can take as many chances as you want, but that one time you second guess yourself could be the time where it would have made the difference.
3: Yeah, sure. No, that's a very good point. Um, and so I guess, what would you say your first, um, you know, musical project or band that you were able to, you know, I get out there on the road and, and kind of experience that, uh, lifestyle from that, uh, that perspective.
2: Um, I would say the first time I ever left you know the the northeast area would be with a band that Dan and I and Brett had. Uh, we started back in two thousand and eight. That would have been Hetfield and Hetfield, which is kind of this um, all over the place, kind of proggy but poppy, but still inf- influenced by everything. It's kind of this—it was weird amalgam project. Right after um, we graduated high school, we're like, "Yeah, let's do this," and then let's just write the most complicated music we can. So that was definitely our first proper tour. Um, which actually coincidentally we went out with Vatnet Viscar before I was in that band. So that was our first one. But we had had, we had had bands way before that, ever since we were thirteen. And and growing up in a small town, one thing I think about a lot lately is we never had the foresight to be like, oh, we can get in a van and just go, even though, you know, we would look up to bands that we love, but we just never had that instilled in us and we'd even I remember I don't know if you know this band, but this is this is kind of a deep cut. We had this band come through a VFW hall that we played with called Ten Times a Day, and they were from I think they're from Southern California. We we're like, wow, they're from they're in our area, and they're playing a VFW hall with local bands, and they're from California. That's crazy. And still, for for whatever reason, I mean, obviously we we're very young, but you know, it was never it was never apparent to me that if we wanted to, we could just you know figure out a way to get in the van book a tour, which I'm sure all the f- shows would have fallen through and just gone and, and done it. So, the first time we left, is definitely with Hetfield and Hetfield, that was 2012, and then shortly after, um, I joined Vatnet and we... Ha- oh, man, we toured. I think we played from the end of 2015 until last February. We did... Ma- I, I have it written down somewhere. Between 160 and 180 shows. So, we were very busy that year, and Brett actually got a gig drumming for morning glory who's on fat records and he did a couple of european tours with them and our drummer seamus has been touring non-stop he's a crazy dude he's only 23 and he's been like nonstop touring for like ever and i think he should spend more time at home probably he needs it uh, i'm just kidding <laughs> he, he, he spent the last two years in vanna he's done some fill-in stuff for hit the lights oh wow he also does Vatnet with us, and now he's um, he's uh, doing Asteroid for this tour we got coming up.
0: Baseball fans.
1: at Edu,
2: your credit card should match your lifestyle at Kemba financial credit union choose a card with benefits that work for you for a limited time all cards have two percent cash back on purchases and zero percent interest on balance transfers for a year apply at Kemba.org. restrictions apply offer ends
4: June 30th
3: 2024 that's cool that's cool so you, you basically are you, were you taken immediately by the touring lifestyle or was it something you had to kind of like learn and ramp yourself up to
2: Well, it's funny that you say that because you find out quickly if it's for you or not. I mean, everyone knows that. You know, you you see the guy on his first tour, a girl on his first tour, and you can just see it in their eyes. You'd be a week in and you're like, wow, they made a mistake. And now they're committed for like a month or six weeks. Um, But yeah, I knew right away. I loved it everything I mean sleeping on floors never bothered me not eating for a day or two at a time I mean that sucks but it didn't and it was not, never strong enough to deter me um, yeah I, I absolutely love it it's the best thing because I mean it's the old it's the old feeling of like yeah well the, tw- the 23 and a half hours a day is, is the most boring part if you make it that way there are f- but contrary to popular belief there's many things you can do to fill in that time but yeah that half hour 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 and a half on stage is just like it's the best thing ever
3: right <laughs> no it's true you definitely see uh, the people and you can completely understand the people that that experience touring and are like yo this isn't for me and it's like yeah it's it, it it's not for a majority of people that live on this planet <laughs> That's- no
2: it, by far like far and away, not like the so few people that i look and i'm like that is a road dog and you want to be near those people because it's amazing the, the the way they just subsist and it's it's amazing but um yeah i would say that the cool thing is everyone in this band right now is I'm, I'm pretty confident they 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 have this well at least i know they have a burning desire to do this and um the roads like you i think one argument that people make for being in a band is like well there's so many bands there's so much competition it's like you're right with the internet and people can just upload a song in an hour and put it to the internet that's great well when it gets time to get in the van you really lob off a big percentage of everyone who thought they wanted to be a musician. So, um, fortunately for us, we don't fall into that category.
3: Right. Absolutely. Um, and so, uh, you know, since all the bands that you've played in, you know, are arguably are not household names, like you're definitely on the sort of, you know, mid-level tier bands where, you know, yeah, you, yeah. You, you can tour, you can support bands, uh, you know, you have people that care about you in pockets of the country, um, but, you know, not not of like headlining status where you're like, yeah. oh, we're playing like a thousand people a night, sick. Um, right, right. But, you know, the uh, there there's a tendency where, uh, you know, that can get disheartening after a while where you're just like, oh, so we're just going to like stay at this level and like nothing, you know, cool will ever happen or whatever um just from the more so the the business perspective of things um but i mean it's it sounds like you uh you know are you involved in kind of the business aspects of the band or do you primarily just like to leave that to other people and not saying that like you seed your 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 vote as far as what the band should do but you know i know a lot of people can't pay attention to both things at once like where do you kind of sit on that
2: um i would sit i think i sit closer to the business end it's i would say right now um me, Brett and Mike are the most involved in that Brett being the one that's the main contact for, you know, like booking agents or like prospective managers or things like that. But, um, um, I would say that, you know, me and Brett bounce a lot of things off each other and I like to be involved in it. I mean, that's they, he went to school for sound engineering and I went to school for music business. Not that it, that means anything, but I, um, you know, I always had this drive as a kid, you know, I was checking, you know, record sales for like, the last 10 years, I just, I was very interested in, in that aspect of it. So I think that I bring a lot of, um, you know, as much knowledge as you can and, um, you know, offering different points when we're considering, um, you know the gamut of things that you do when you know you release a record and you trying to support it and you want to you know make certain moves but yeah I, I think it's it's pretty well split up but yeah i i like to think i'm pretty business minded in the band absolutely
3: got it and um you know as far as the i guess the original question i was asking that i diverted myself on was the um you know the notion that uh, I mean granted none of us in independent music have these illusions of grandeur about you know where we will end up like it's just more so of a collection of experiences and the artistic creation of it um but you know does the uh I guess does the grind of being like a mid-level band uh ever wear you down or like oh am I doing something right with my life or is it just like I don't know that that doesn't even enter my head
2: um no I mean you're absolutely right I think that th- where you want to be and where you are sometimes are two different things but um, while I think any band that that makes art and is like so ferocious about it, you want as many people to listen to it as possible. I mean, I don't. I, it would be very hard for me to um, find someone who'd be like, "No, man, I, I I love no one knowing my band. I'm just making it for me," which is true. You want to make it for yourself first, absolutely. But you know, when you just take one peek behind the curtain and realize that, um, you know. Uh, writing a song sometimes doesn't feed you or you know pay the bills and all that stuff I don't think any of us have unrealistic goals it would be like oh we got an apartment sweet you mean I can just you know tour and then have an apartment with just minimal lifestyle that's like that's like the goal anything above that would blow anyone's mind um but yeah i think you're right though being in a mid-level band and you 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 inevitably get the band who's also mid-level but thinks they're like you know well this is going to be our year i mean you see that a lot sometimes it happens and more often than not it doesn't so definitely keeping a level head and just being realistic setting setting smaller goals for yourself you know like next time we come to the city i'd like 10 more 20 more people to be here you know things like that um but i mean as long as you you're playing a good show, you feel good. I mean, if you're getting that, those kinds of experiences, I think you're already a successful, you know, touring musician. If you can just tour in general there, you, there's, there's definitely some, at least in your mind, there's a level of success because you were able to, you know, put this thing together and set enough things aside that you could have the opportunity to do that. So there's many facets and levels of it, but yeah, I would say that, you know, all, all rolled in one there
3: yeah no absolutely i mean I, the reason i'm i'm bringing it up is because you know uh, these these are a lot of conversations that you know people you know might not ever really consider when uh, you know you're just consuming music from you know listening to records and that sort of stuff but i do agree with you where it's like the actual act of going on tour of you know no matter what level it is like that that takes a that takes a lot of gumption you know it takes a lot yeah. of wherewithal. We well all.
2: i guess what you just said is pretty interesting because first and foremost i've always been a fan i've always been in bands and i've always been a musician but um i've never i've never approached being in a band or even listening to a band like it's something that i couldn't do so i don't have that perspective of you know being someone who doesn't play music but loves music so it's like yeah i, I can actually easily see where it's like someone wouldn't be like oh well like why are you tired right now well we've been on the road for three weeks oh well, like what's what's going on it's like there's a lot of things that you don't consider so yeah i guess that's that's a valid point i don't think about that too much because i've always been um wanting to be, or, or have been involved in, in, in things like this. So yeah. Good point.
3: I, I, I always try to reflect on my own, you know, like youthful experience of like starting to go to shows and like not understanding the concept of tour where it's like, you know, I, I think it it started to dawn on me when I was, you know, 15 or 16 years old, starting to go to, you know, local all ages shows. Um, I mean, when I say local, as far as like, you know, maybe there's one national touring act and then the rest were, you know, bands from around the area. But then I was like, Oh wait a minute! Like this band's from New York, yeah. They, like it, then it, like you said, then it just starts to open up where it's just like, oh, like there's an experience <laughs> to, like, to like get out here and do this and like realize that there's there's a lot of uh you know effort. Uh, on, on many people's parts in order to like actually execute these things. And, you know, sometimes like, cause ultimately like, your average music consumer, like this is simply entertainment, you know, they're, they're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go to this, this, you know, concert or whatever. And yeah. gonna, uh, there's no further thought put into it besides like I'm sitting down and paying a ticket fee or whatever. And I want to be entertained. Right. But yeah, it's I mean not, not like there's anything wrong with that because, you know, obviously No, <laughs> and, and
2: because you because objectively speaking, you can't listen or be a fan of music wrong. I mean, there's some gray area in there, but I feel like what you just said there's so much to unpack. Like there's Asteroids heading out on their first tour this Wednesday and all and although we've all toured, Asteroid has purposely not played a lot of shows since the record came out because we wanted to rehearse and we wanted to make sure everything was um, as close to perfect as it could be, so we can deliver the record experience to people. So we've we've broken apart the live show. You know, we we have lights that we've we've set up to go with. Um, you know, the whole set. It, it's it's a whole it's a whole package that we're we're presenting to people. So um, the few shows that we've played, they've been insane. They've been very well attended. The um, reactions been great. You know, everything down to you know we did a door deal in Boston not a uh, month and a half ago and it was, you know, almost three times what a guarantee for a band our size would have been. Um, but then we've been in, you know, bands that, you know, you, you, all you do is tour and it's like, you come back to a place you're like, Oh man, the draw wasn't as strong, blah, blah, blah. So I'm hoping that, um, you know, with this band, we've taken all the experiences that we've, we've had from the past and we're delivering it into this kind of, this new vessel. And I'm excited to see where it goes. I mean, Will we be a band in 10, 15 years that, that can do that? I mean, that would be my dream come true. Um, will we just be a mid-tier size band? Um, that's okay with me because it seems like the records impacted people. And honestly, I love playing music with these guys, and they they all love playing music together. So um, if we get to go on the road once or twice a year, that's fine with me. Like I, I, I'm trying not to have any expectations for this project, although... Um, Everyone, we're all like super excited about the record. We're excited about the band and um, you know, we're trying to make this the busiest year that we could possibly make. So
3: yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Well, I mean, especially too, because you know, you guys, uh, you have the business momentum of actually having a, you know, very legitimate booking agent behind you guys. So,
2: Oh yeah. That's I, I tell myself that sometimes when I get worried, when we don't get offers or, 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 or there's, there's issues going on behind the scenes and I'm just like, you know what? We got we got storage. We're good. You know, Something's to, we're going to be OK, you know, totally. Nicest dude, too, by the way.
3: Oh, absolutely. Well, he's, he's the real deal. He's been. He's, oh, yeah. He's been involved forever. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's actually still straight edge as well. So, oh, yeah, completely. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's
2: just like I knew about Nick before I was before Astrid was even like a thing. Cause his reputation precedes himself in the best possible way. And we were not let down. And when we were sorting through, you know, all the offers that we had coming in he was absolutely 100% our first choice and uh, you know we're so happy that that panned out cuz that's like i feel like it be, you kind of feel like you hit the lottery you know when you get a good booking agent you're like oh well you know what we're good <laughs> like we'll see what we'll see what else comes
3: yeah absolutely well a lot of the times that was the uh, biggest haul like you know the the many years that i worked at century media it wasn't about you know, get, I mean, getting a band signed was one thing, and that that's a, you know one battle in and of itself. But then to convince other people to like work with the band who feel invested in it, either from a management or booking agent perspective, you know, oftentimes the booking agent was like ten times harder t- to land at any other aspect of it. Where it was just like, come on, can you please put this band on the road? I promise they'll do they'll do good things. And honestly, they, you know. having been on both
2: sides of it and having been on Century Media, I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. And that's like <laughs> totally honestly, and that's not a slight against anyone. No. What I'm saying is all to Nick's benefit into and, and asteroid I would say that yeah there's day to day shit that we worry about and like who wouldn't but um you know we're getting ready for tour now and we're getting all the merch ready and we're just making sure that everyone's up to speed with the show and you know and we you know we booked the green van and all this kind of stuff but like at the end of the day you're like well we got storage so we're like we're we're, we're probably we're probably going to be okay and like it's just funny to think of it that way you're absolutely right everyone thinks like oh do you have like the sickest manager or like are you on like capital records it's like well Honestly, I'd rather have a good booking agent, which is, you know, I th- I don't, again, something that unless you were very familiar with the way that things work, um, you know, you might not think about that so much.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the, the last thing I want to hit on was the, uh, you know, the, the notion that, um, you know, because you, you essentially build your life around music where it's like, you know, you, whatever you work, you know, jobs that will keep you afloat in between tours and, you know, basically participate in, uh, sort of the, the stable real world life, um, you know essentially at arm's length where you're just like oh yeah like i I do it but that's not even like why i'm focused on all this stuff um you know does it does it feel weird to kind of uh you know i guess flow in and out of tour because uh you know that's the tour is not real life it's a whole different you know uh different style of living um and how do you find your own personal transitions kind of in and out of it um you know through through all uh, of the touring that you do
2: um that's a great question ray wow so for me at this point I where this is Astronauts' first tour we're going on starting Wednesday hitting the road with Moontooth so excited so at this point I'm at like the best place you can be and like I cannot wait to hit the road all my affairs are sorted out um, now if this is like our fourth tour in a row in like 4 months or 5 months you might have a different attitude but the adjustment is it, it it changes for everyone, and um, you know, for me personally, you know, I have a I have a pretty pretty good sized family. I have a bunch of nieces and nephews. You know, girlfriend, all the all the guys in the bands, we have steady girlfriends. So it's 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 something you, you navigate. And I don't think, um, I don't think it's there's ever there is ever one way to adjust or to, to get used to it. Uh, but it's funny that you mentioned being like a mid tier band like for a long time. I'm sure that's why most bands either either take breaks or break up or take a lot of risks is to maybe not try to get really big but to shake it up enough for themselves where it's it's worth to go out again it's worth to get that charge or that jolt that like when you play a new show or you have new material or or maybe you get an awesome support slot that that excitement's still there and it feels like there's there's a reason to go out uh there's a reason to get excited again there's a reason to leave all you have behind again for you know three weeks a month six weeks you know
3: Oh yeah! No, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely all about uh, the kind of the time and the place to uh, sort of hit that. But I always, I always know from my own personal experience when um, you know existing in the real world when you're, you're making plans to be gone for you know three months is uh, is a weird headspace to be in because it's hard. It, it's hard to be present. When you're thinking about these things that you know, uh, it takes so much attention away from you because you're like you sit, I mean, you ran through the litany of it where it's like, got our merch ready, got the van situated, mm-hmm. like, you know, make sure make sure everybody in the band knows we're leaving at uh, seven a.m. on Saturday or whatever. You know,
2: literally, we just had that conversation. We're leaving at eight a.m. We're going to get the van. We're bringing it back. We're packing it up. We're heading to New York. Like it's 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 the whole thing. And I was even joking with Brett today about you know, it, it, to to really have. Um, The foresight to like, so we're talking about some tours that we've been submitted for in the timeline and, and, you know, it's almost like you have to act as if like we kind of have to act as if that we're going to go to that tour because like, you know, we have to plan, you know, well, if we want to change our setup this way or how close is it to other tours and, and there's a lot to, even if something's not, let's say more or less real in quotes, Well, when you're in a band, when you're trying to set up your year, you kind of, you have to treat it like, oh, we might be going for there. So now you have to cross-check that against like, okay, what obligations do I have? Like, is there a wedding planned? Is the other band doing something? Like, there's so much to consider that kind of makes you want to just unplug for a while and (laughs) go go to a beach somewhere. But um, yeah, it's, 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 it's nonstop all the time. But then, you know, when... It's, it's a hurry-up-and-wait situation. I know you know that. I think that's oh, the best yeah. way to describe it. You know what I mean?
3: Yep, totally. That That is the... Uh... <laughs> and i also like i i know i've had this conversation multiple times with the idea that um you know so many cities that you visit everyone you know always is like oh my gosh i can't believe how many places you've traveled um but then you're like well when you actually think about it you're like yeah i've been to you know city a b or c you know like seven times but like i've seen the four block radius of that city <laughs> like I, I haven't seen and yeah and i'm more likely than not have seen like the terrible part of the city that has the all ages that we play
2: yeah yeah i know i I saw the dive bar, and then I saw totally. the I saw the pizza place next to it, which is beautiful. Yeah,
3: right. and on that rare day
2: that you get there, like it's like the Seattle to Portland drive, where it's literally like an hour and a half, and you're like, "Wow, I have all day!" So you get to know those cities really well. But you know, if you're going like, what is it? It's like uh, if you go to like L.A., you have to go down through Tahoe to get to Colorado or what or Nevada or whatever. And you don't get to see anything. You know, there's been times where you you get to the venue, you load on, you play right away. So
3: yeah it's it's a very uh, yeah duality is definitely a, a word that uh, describes you know playing in a band and touring and existing in these these two worlds that um you know sometimes work together and sometimes are just completely separate
2: but at, at the same time i I definitely recognize that I have the privilege in order to choose to do this so whereas you can like in the minutiae of it it seems funny to complain about like well I didn't even get to see this city because we were driving you know it's like I still recognize that we get the opportunity to do this and that is something that like you know a lot of people don't get to make that decision or they don't get the opportunity or or maybe it's just not the lifestyle for them so even even through all that where we we always uh, I'm saying the royal we we always we always make the you know cliche tour jokes or whatever but i I, I understand that it's a uh, it's a uh, crazy opportunity and a crazy decision to make but at the same time i'm so thankful for every second i get to do it because a lot of people will never get i still know people that haven't left new england or even massachusetts so it's like you realize that it's it's a little extraordinary but it's but it's worth it it really is
3: yeah no absolutely well casey thank you so much for hanging out dude i really i appreciated this uh you know conversation because it was it's it's not like the other ones that i i have on a semi-regular basis so this was perfect it was a nice snapshot of this so i appreciate you wanting to do that
2: well, I appreciate you reaching out to us, man, and I'd uh, love to have conversations, love to have the conversation with you, and thanks for all your kind words about the record. It's it's uh, it's kind of gnarly, but we'll take it.
3: All right, there was Casey, and uh, like I said, if you have not listened to the Asteroid Record, just please do it. I became obsessed with it immediately, and uh, I want you to be in the same boat as me, right? It's just fun to expose people to new music, and I love telling people about these bands that are just kind of bubbling up to the surface, so to speak. So, anyways, uh, yeah, thank you very much, Casey, and thank you very much to the rest of the band who uh, I know is emailing me at some point because, you know, I emailed the band account and then other people were helping out and blah, blah, blah. So, thank you very much, guys, and uh, they are on to some, some big things in the future. Just uh, just you wait, okay? Okay. <laughs> I I like to I like to say that like it's like this ominous thing like just you wait you're gonna come back to me and say thank you Ray you're so smart No, I don't expect you to do that, but uh, if you do, thank you. I appreciate that. And for those of you that are reaching out, please reach out via email, 100wordspodcast.gmail.com. at The music provided for the show, as always, is lowercase noises. Please find him on any Bandcamp, any streaming service that you use, because his music is unbelievable and it will put you in the best mood possible. So go do that. And I thank him for his continued support of the show and me as a human being as well. And uh, let's see, the guest next week is Kevin Jordan. He plays in a band called This Wildlife. And uh, This Wildlife is uh, very popular. They are on Epitaph Records and they do the whole uh, acoustic singer songwriter thing, um, you know, a la Dashboard Confessional. And uh, I loved this because he reached out via Twitter and was like, hey, I love the show. It's like, dude, love it. Let's talk. So, uh, yeah, that's happening next week. And it was a very, very good discussion. So. Uh, that's what's happening uh in my neck of the woods. Like I feel like I'm some uh <laughs> like I'm I'm some weather man. But uh, anyways, thank you for joining us and please be safe everybody.
1: You've been listening to
3: the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. dot com. Shh,
4: <clears throat> the show is sponsored by BetterHelp.